Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. When one studies creation, he learns a great deal about God. When you look at creation, you see that it did not happen randomly. It did not take place over billions of years. But we see God moving in this world in a manner that reveals a great deal about his wisdom, his power, his purposes, his plans, and who he is. Well, take out your Bible and look with me to the book of Psalms and Psalm 104. The book of Psalms and Psalm 104. We began this Psalm last week. We saw just those things that I've mentioned. And let me remind you that the reason why people hold on to something that is not scientific, and I'm speaking about evolution, the reason why people hold on to that and embrace it even though when the best science has proved it is not an accurate way to explain creation. They hold on to it because if they go to the truth, they have to acknowledge a all-powerful, forever-wise God. And they have to reflect that creation does indeed, does indeed reveal who God is and how marvelous and splendid He is. They don't want to acknowledge God, so they hold on to that which is false. Well, look with me, as I said, to Psalm 104. We'll pick up where we left off last week in verse 19. And again, we see many things being revealed to you and me, the reader, by means of this psalm in regard to creation. And one of the things we see is how God put things in order, and he did so with a purpose. Verse 19. He made the moon, and we know that a great deal of the biblical calendar involves the moon. Now, there's also a solar aspect to the biblical calendar, but when we deal with months and when the appointed times, these festivals that belong to the Lord, when we know when they are has a great deal to do with the month because... They appear on a certain day or a certain period within a month. And the month is determined by the moon. And that's why we read here, (laughs) He made the moon for Moadim. Now, this is this designated time that relates to oftentimes a festival. And we see that through the festivals, this word Moadim, has to do with a destination. So through observing God's appointed days, they help us arrive in the will of God, where God wants us to be. And also it says, the sun knew. 
Now, most Bibles translate it in the present, but it is not. The Son knew its goings forth. Now, this could be its setting. setting. So, with the moon, the revealing of the moon, of course, the sun has to set. And the sun knew the right time. God orders it, and therefore it reflects. And here's what it's saying. The moon and the sun reflects the purposes of God, the timing of God, God's order. And then in verse 20, he placed darkness God caused darkness. And what does it say? It comes about the night. And in, and the implication is in it, meaning in the night, all of his creatures, and we're speaking about animals, all of his animals, they they creep about where? In the force. So all of his animals of the force They creep about, they move about, when in it, in the night. Verse 21, and the young lions, and this is the word kafir, which means a young, powerful lion, one who has not began to to get old, and therefore he is at the peak of his strength. So the young lions, they growl for their, their prey what they want to eat and it says to seek from god their food now this is important because even the animals understand that their nourishment comes from god god's provision god has set all things in order and through his creation there is and even science recognizes this that there is a a system in this world that provides for nature's survival and our survival as well. And as we see more and more animals becoming instinct, we see that this is an attack on God's order and there's going to be serious consequences to humanity because of that. So we see that God has created a perfect order in, in his creation. And when his order is observed, what happens? The creation is going to be healthy. But now we're seeing that creation is becoming more and more unhealthy because we do not submit to the instructions of God for his creation. Move on to verse 27. The sun shines, and this has to do with the word that relates to the sun shining in the morning. And it says, what happens? When the sun shines in the morning, they are gathered in. Meaning, much of the animal world, they eat. They are about at night. And when the sun shines, they gather in. And it says, unto their dens. Uh, they lie down. So they're not out as much during the day. They hunt primarily at the night. What about man? Well, there's an order. We don't work greatly at night. Most of the time we work with the day. And therefore it says, man goes out for his activity, could mean a word for labor. Man goes out for his activity and for his work unto the evening so when evening comes by and large normally 
we see that the majority of people quit work when the day is over. And it says in verse 24, how plentiful. This is a word of abundance, a word of many. So we could say, how many are your works, O Lord? And all of them, everything that God does, he does much. But all that he does, with wisdom, you have done it. Now, what is this telling us? Very simply, God's creation, all of it was done according to his wisdom. And the more we understand creation, the more we're going to learn about God's wisdom. There are, for example, animals that live in the depths of the sea. And they're under so much pressure of water. But they are designed perfectly for that habitation. And we see everything. And it didn't happen by chance. I mean, just think it for a moment. These animals were perfectly designed. If they weren't, and they were in that location, they would die out. How can you say that over billions of years, there's evolution where the strongest, the best of these survived? Well, what about before we get to that so-called right design for that habitation? I mean, if it takes billions of years, and by the way, is there a fossil record for this? And the answer is no. Now, let's be very honest and accurate. Do uh, species change? Yes, they do. But they change from within, meaning you can have a dog and a variety of different dogs, but they're all dogs. Some are bigger, some are smaller, some have this characteristics, but we look at them and they are dogs. What we don't ever see, there is no scientific evidence to say a dog can become a cat or a monkey can become a person. It's simply not in the fossil record. That's that so-called missing leak. And without this proof that species can become a different one, without that, all of evolution comes tumbling down. So when we look at God's creation, we see that God set things in order and he designed things perfectly for the habitation whereby he placed them within. We don't see the fundamental principles that evolution requires in history, not in fossils, not in anything, and therefore it is false. Well, move on. Again, it says at the end of verse 24, all of them with wisdom you've made. And he says, the earth has been filled with what? Your possessions. Now, this is an important thing because this word for possessions, well, it's related to the word to buy something. You buy something, you possess it. And this is a word that speaks about God. He is the creator of all things. All things belong to him. So let me ask you a question. Does your life reflect that? Does your life reflect that God, that God is over all things he is the authority and therefore everything must submit to him this is what we learn with creation because all things came from him he made them 
And that's why it says the earth, and we could say it's fullness, or everything that fills the earth, however you want to translate it, is your possession. Verse 25. This great sea and its width. Now, the word for width means the width of the hands. And it's an idiom. It simply expresses that the great sea is just that great and it's very wide and when we look at the vastness of god's creation we see a mighty god a great god in other words so this great sea and the width there we find that the things that creep or move they have no number and we find that your animals they are big excuse me, they are little, and there's also with the little, there are those that are big. There the ships, they go, we're talking about the sea. In the sea, the ships go. And also the Leviathan. Some would say that this is a a large sea creation like a well or some other type of uh, creature that lives in the sea of great, great size. So the Leviathan, this is created by you. You have created this one to play in it, meaning to play in the, the breaths of the sea, the width of the sea, throughout the sea. You've created these things. Verse 27, all of them unto you. And this is a word for hoping or waiting. They realize something. All of God's creation, except for humanity, they understand that they have their being, their existence in God. So they have a hope in God that God would provide, that God would maintain. This is what this verse is saying. So unto you, all of them, they hope. What do they hope? To give uh, their food in its season when they need it now what's interesting is this by and large animals don't seek beyond what they need for example i remember we were with our friends the barrio nuevo family in in sydney australia and we went to this uh nature park and we saw this excessively large crocodile And what we were told about it is this, that this crocodile hasn't eaten for four months. Why doesn't it eat? Because it doesn't need to. It was in the wintertime, a time that it's very much inactive. It doesn't do anything and therefore it doesn't require. But in the season, it requires. And what do animals do? They trust, they depend, they realize instinctively that what they need comes from God. What about you? Do you understand that that God is indeed the provider? And he provides through creation, the order of creation. This is what this psalm is highlighting for us. So look at what it says. To give their food in its season. Verse 28. To give to them, he gives to them, and what did they do? they they gather it up and also you open your hand 
and and they are satisfied with good so you god open up your hand and it's with your provision what you give that that they are satisfied with good meaning this that which is according to your will the portion and we know in the book of proverbs we have that wonderful proverb that says uh god don't give me too little that i am tempted to to steal and defame your name and don't give me too much that i i trust in the abundance and therefore uh, uh forget you and and bring contempt upon your name so this is so significant it talks about the portion of god god gives that right amount that which is good and then we see look if you would to verse verse uh, 28 again you open your hand and you satisfy with that which is good but verse 29 you hide your face if god is absent if god's presence is not there what happens it says you hide your face and they are and this word means to be terrified it's a word of fear being afraid but it says you you take uh, their spirit and what happens when god takes away their spirit they will expire meaning they will die and to their ashes they will return meaning that god formed uh, all of life how well he spoke it into being but when we look at humanity he formed us from the the dust of the earth and that's uh, likely how he made many things he used part of his creation to tie us to creation that we too are created but we were created uniquely and this is what this psalm is emphasizing look now to to verse verse 30. you send forth your spirit and what's happened they are created and the face of the ground you renewal so you create things and with the surface of the earth what do you do you bring renewal meaning you sustain life in other words verse 31 all based upon god's creation and this is where we get into the heart of this passage this psalm it is because god is creator what did he create all things did anything come into being that god did not create the answer is no so because we are dependent upon creation the animals recognize that we we've learned that in this psalm what should we do well look at this next verse verse 31 kavod hashem leolam and the glory of the lord will be forever that's what we should do always recognize god as glorious always recognize that he is a source of life and the giver of kingdom life eternal life the glory of the lord will be forever the lord rejoices it says he will rejoice the lord will rejoice in his deeds verse 32 he he gazes to the earth 
when God gazes to the earth, what happens? The earth, and we know it's the earth because of the grammatical construction of the gender reveals that we're talking about the earth. He looks to the earth, and what happens? It shakes. Also, we see the the mountains. The mountains become exhausted, or he touches the mountains, and what happens? And they become smoke. Smoke goes up. Therefore, God sets everything. He is greater than the mountains. He's greater than all things. And again, what should we do? Well, look at verse 33. I will sing to the Lord. When should you sing to the Lord? When I am alive, when I have life. And I will praise my God, Beodi, when I'm still, and the implication is when I'm still able, when I still have life, I'm going to praise. So sing to God, that is an image of worship, and also praising God. Now, again, we get right to the heart of the matter, which is this. It is because God is creator of all things. Because of that, we should worship him. We see God's wisdom. We see God's glory. We see God's character. We see God's provision. There's so many things that we see concerning God through creation. And that's why one of the foundational principles of those who deny God is evolution. They want to say all that is simply came about by chance through that which is random doesn't make sense but then they give you another lie and what is that if you have enough time anything can happen and therefore we have outlandish uh, uh, accounting that this world is billions of years old it is not when we see the biblical creation god created things like humanity with age he can create a tree he doesn't have to have that tree begin through a a seed and then become a sapling and then go through the stages no when god created the earth he created it we might say already with significant age and therefore we do not need to look at all of creation saying that it evolved from one beginning point and therefore we can look at where it is today and say well for it to get to that point it took uh, 13 billion years no god created the yakum what is the yakum all of the universe and it goes beyond just the universe but everything that is it was there yes is it expanding today yes but that doesn't mean that it was not created in a vast way at the beginning. So I will sing to the Lord when? When I have life. And I will praise to my God when there is still, meaning I still have life. Verse 34. My conversation, it will be sweet concerning him, pleasant concerning him. And I will be glad where? In the Lord. And remember something. That phrase, in the Lord, 
relates to a covenantal relationship. When it says in the Lord or in the new covenant, we see Paul using the term Bamashiach, meaning in the Messiah. And again, in the Messiah speaks about a covenantal relationship. What type of covenant? Only one, the new covenant. It's only through that covenant that we can be in Messiah. And likewise, if we're in Messiah, we are in the Lord. Look again. My conversation will be sweet concerning him. I will be glad in the Lord. Now, notice how this psalm comes to an end. It comes to an end with judgment. We need to remember that God who created all things will bring everything under his judgment. What does that mean? Everything's going to be evaluated by his word, his standards. Let me just pause for a moment and say this. If you do not affirm the standards of God, as these standards you are not saved why because part of repentance and i would say repentance begins with us agreeing with the standards of god so if there's someone says well uh, i i don't think stealing is wrong i'm just going to set that aside because i'm a thief i like stealing it benefits me i've i've taken a lot from other people and therefore you know, I, I love the Lord, I believe in His Word, but, but for stealing, I'm just going to say it's acceptable. Someone who says that, and that's true for any sin, any violation of God's standards, if you reject God's standards, those things that are clearly written, I'm not talking about uh, uh, disagreeing with something in the sense I think it means something different than that. We're not talking, we're talking about simple things. Do not steal do not murder oh i I think it's fine to murder no if you believe that and you reject god's standards you cannot be saved and therefore repentance begins with affirming the standards of god that's repentance and when you affirm god's standards what does that mean it means that i'm not okay I'm in trouble because I have violated, I have broken his law. I have transgressed his commandments. Therefore, when I affirm his standards, it convinces me, it manifests unto me my need for a Savior. And then after receiving Messiah and his Spirit, through the Holy Spirit, I can begin to produce the fruit worthy of repentance so the first aspect of repentance is agreeing with the standards of god those who don't what's going to happen to them well it's very clear look at verse 35 it says here sinners they will come to an end from the earth and this means the world from being upon the land so god in his providence his power he is going to bring an end to sinners now how is he going to do that for you and me if we have accepted that that gospel we are going to come to an end but it's going to give rise to a new beginning and what is that new beginning when we receive a new body an eternal body a kingdom body but verse 5 says sinners they will come to an end from this world 
and the wicked ones no longer they will be simply means they're not going to exist any longer those who are reshaim wicked ones and here again those who purposely violate the standards of god those who are not and here's what we see paul teaches this and it's so important proverbs 18 says if you seek me you will find me and why should we begin to seek god because creation reveals to us there is a creator when we look at creation it does not come about naturally it did not come about by chance randomly there is a divine order and there is a purpose for creation there is a maintaining of creation and that's not by chance it's not done by the false uh, term mother nature it is done by father god and if we deny that we are going to not understand the reality that god is we don't understand that god is then we're not going to seek him paul says it is creation that tells us there is god and therefore we should pursue god and we do we are he's faithful to to cause us to experience him so look again sinners they will come to an end from the world and wicked ones will be no more but what do we do those who believe in god as creator and by the way paul tells us it's yeshua that created all things and sustains all things he does it and therefore my soul blesses the lord and what do we say i love how this ends barhi nafshi et hashem my soul bless the lord and then what do we say hallelujah praise the lord when we understand the marvelous creation that we have been placed in and that we're part of it is only the right thing to say hallelujah praise the lord when we understand creation its order its splendor its majesty its provision how god maintains it the 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 all the fundamental aspects of creation it leads us to praise god but if you've been taught that lie or if someone believes that lie everything's random it's just by chance there is no god there is no creator then what happens it puts you in the position of being your own authority and that is a formula for failure it is a formula for experiencing god's judgment and not having a kingdom experience psalm 104 a foundational psalm in teaching us about the character the attributes of the living god while close with that shalom from Israel. Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. 
These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel. <laughs>